0: I'm Noah, and this is the United States Constitution. Welcome to the last episode of the United States Constitution. Let's jump right into Amendment 22. No person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of the term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president more than once. But this article shall not apply to any person holding the office of president when the article was proposed by Congress and shall not prevent any person who may be holding the office of president or acting as president during the term within which this article becomes operative from holding the office of a president or acting as president during the remainder of such term. This is term limits. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt held uh, office for four terms. That was a total of uh, eight years he died in the midst of his uh, fourth term, so he didn't complete the uh, excuse me, not eight years, uh, sixteen years, and he didn't complete his fourth term. Um, he died before he left office, um, but he was elected to four terms, um, and a lot of people were not happy with that um, because we, you know, we got away from a monarchy, and it, it's it's apparently it started to feel like that. So they made term limits, uh, two terms. However, uh, if you're president more than two years, so more than half, so the term is four years. If you're president for more than half of uh, the elected presidents, uh, first term or second term, you cannot be elected uh, uh, more than twice. So, for instance, let's say um, let's say someone was elected president, uh, let's say person A was elected president, and you're person B, and person B, you're the vice president, Um, And person A was assassinated or resigned or impeached or incapacitated. Something happened where he died a year into his, or he was not uh, president anymore, a year into his uh, first term or second term, either one. All of a sudden you took over and you were now the president um, and you held office for three years, roughly three years. You could get elected again. Uh, to technically to, to four more years. But after that, four, that complete term, you can't get elected again. Unless person A were to die um, you know, more than two years into his presidency, that way you are serving less than two years as president uh, to an office you weren't elected. Um, and you could be elected again. So in theory, you could actually serve for president. If, if this is the way it worked out, for, let's see, eight, uh, nine years, 364 days. In theory, you could serve as president for nine years and 364 days. Most presidents serve for eight years, but you could serve, in theory, nine years and 364 days total. Section two of this amendment says this article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from the date of its submission to the states by the Congress. This is just standard at this point, uh, three-fourths of the state's legislatures within seven years. That's the parameters for it to expire. Amendment 23, section 1 says, the district constituting the seat of government of the United States shall appoint in such manner as Congress may direct. This is uh, talking about Washington, D.C., a number of electors of president and vice president equal to the whole number of senators and representatives in a Congress to which a district, in theory, okay, it doesn't say in theory, but in theory would be entitled if it were a state. But in no event more than the least populous state, they shall be in addition to those appointed by the states, but they shall be considered for the purpose of the election of president and vice president to be electors appointed, to, uh, appointed by a state. Then they shall meet in the district and perform such duties as provided by the 12th Article of Amendment. So this is saying that D.C. gets to vote for president and vice president. um, And the electors, the number of electors it has, is what it would be if it were a state. So this is not saying that it gets representation in Congress. It is simply saying that D.C. is allowed to vote for president and vice president with the number of electors. Electors, as it would have if it were representatives, if it were represented in Congress. And Section Two says the Congress shall have power to enforce this Article by appropriate legislation. So Congress enforces, and we, we see that constantly through these. Uh, it's pretty steady through these amendments. Amendment Four says the right of citizens of the United States to vote in any primary or other election for President or Vice President, for electors for President or Vice President, or for Senator or Representative in Congress. Shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by or any state for reason of failure to pay poll tax or other tax. There is no United States um, uh, elected office that you can vote for um, that ha- that will cost you any money. So it, basically, this is just saying that all voting when it comes to United States office, and this is pretty standard um, and it it typically uh, implies that uh, states are the same way, though um, it doesn't explicitly say that in this uh, in this amendment. It's that it applies to states. Um, but it's certainly because your state votes for president and vice president, and since you're voting in your state, your state can't um, can't imp- uh, impose a poll tax um, or other tax or make you pay to vote. So this uh, still does hold true to the supreme law of the land aspect of the Constitution. Voting is free. That's the bottom line. Section 2, the Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Again, standard stuff. Congress enforces this. Amendment 25. Section 1 says, in case of the removal of the president from office or of his death or resignation, the vice president shall become president. Uh, this This was implied before. But it, it kind of – it adds the removal from office, um, and this, this was implied, but this is just making it loud and clear that if the president is removed or dies or resigns for whatever reason, if the president cannot enact or cannot act out his duties as president of the United States, the vice president then becomes president. Pretty self-explanatory. Section two says, whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Now, what happens if the vice president, you know, is either resigns or is impeached or for you know something happens where the vice president is not able to act out his uh, duties as vice president, which duties as vice president really isn't a lot, but. Uh, we won't go into that right now. The, if the vice president resigns or dies, or for some reason cannot act this out, the president nominates a a, uh, a replacement, and Congress, both houses of Congress, approve uh, by by majority vote by 51% uh, in House and in, in, a, in a, the House of Representatives and the Senate. Section three: Whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, and until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. The president sends a letter to the president of the Senate and the speaker of the House, and then the vice president takes over until there's a second letter where he says, okay, I'm good to go again. Section four, whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. This kind of uh, is basically section three except that uh, it's not just the president that can do this. Now it's the vice president and the principal officers of the executive departments. So in section three, just the president had, you know, was, it, it only took the president himself to write that letter. Now it takes, if the president won't write it, the vice president and, and uh, principal officers of the executive departments. Moving on. Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either the principal's officers of the executive of department or of such other body as Congress may by law provide transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Theref- thereupon Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose if not in session. If the Congress, within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration— or if Congress is not in session within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, determines by two-thirds vote of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. The the vice president shall then continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. (sighs) Okay, let's make sense of this. So we've already said the vice president and executive officers send letters to the president of the Senate and the Speaker of the House and the vice president takes over. If the president writes back and says, dude, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good to go, man. The vice president has four days to write back again saying, bro, you're not good. Like, this just happened and this just happened and you're not good, fam. If the vice president writes back again, then the uh, Congress assembles within the next 48 hours and has uh, 21 days to make a decision. And it takes two-thirds to rule in the vice president's favor, and if that happens, then the, the vice president takes over. But if that doesn't happen, t- which typically two-thirds is very, very incredibly hard to get in both houses of Congress, if that doesn't happen, then the president you know, continues. Amendment 26. The rights of citizens of the United States who are 18 years of age or older to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of age. This is the 18-year-old right to vote. This comes from uh, the Vietnam War, is that people, young men and, uh, were getting drafted, and they, you know, were not able to vote. So they were they were getting drafted into a war that, as adults, they didn't vote for, and they had to serve their country. And so many died, and you know, were drafted. didn't have a choice. Um, so this this ensures that 18-year-olds who are, you know. Because you register for the draft, you're you're able to vote. Um, that doesn't really that doesn't apply to women, the draft part, um, but eighteen year olds, regardless of uh, of sex, are you know they have the right to vote. It comes from, like I said, if you can get drafted, you can vote when it women are different in that sense, but but men are I mean, that's how it works for men. Section 2, the Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Again, standard stuff, Congress enforces. And lastly, Amendment 27, no law bearing the compensation for the services of the Senators or Representatives shall take effect until an elector- election of Representatives shall have intervened. This, this amendment was originally proposed September 25, 1789. That was right after the Constitution was written, and it was only ratified May 7th of 1992. What a what a long time to just be sitting around waiting. I can't even imagine. But this is such a great amendment. It says if Cong- basically if Congress gives themselves a raise, it does not take effect until after the next election, which ensures transparency and accountability. So if Joe Blow get, decide and votes or decides to vote for uh, you know to give himself a raise, um, he can get voted out next election and he won't even get to see the, the the money that came in extra for it. So you you can just vote your if they give themselves a raise, you can vote your congressman or woman out or your uh, senator out and they don't get to see that money if you don't think they're doing a good job and don't deserve to get a raise. Well, that is the end. We're coming, we've come to a close. On the United States Constitution. Thank you for listening. I know this was, this was uh, enjoyable for me. It's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, this, this document is so important to uh, my country. Um, I know I have a, some listeners from uh, across the world, um, but this, this document is so important to my country, and it's the formation for democracies that followed. The United States really is one of the the most, one of the greatest uh, experiments in governmental experiments uh, of all time, Um, and it's it's just so incredible to to sit down and be able to like study um, the document that made it the way it is, and that that influences and molds and and morphs and and shows what people were thinking, uh, you know, 200 plus years ago. And how that affects us today, and how we've changed it over time, you know, to to fit what kind of things that we have um, in our that apply to our society today. Um, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to uh, National Constitution Center for a printout and uh, a lot of insight um, on the history of this document and on the context around it. Um, and again, thank you for listening.